Alex Murdoch, $50,000 drug habit a week? I don't know, man. This is Hard Knocks Talks. Okay, so we heard something tragic that happened down in the U.S. When we heard of these things, uh, the Murdoch trials? Alex Murdoch. Yeah. We're just going to bring Donnie in right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is our very first editorial. So we, we heard of the, the Murdoch trials where tragically a mother and son were shot. And allegedly it was the husband whose name is Alex Murdoch that shot them and then hired someone to shoot himself. Now, as tragic as it is, it wasn't the most unbelievable part of this story that we heard. When it was revealed that they are alleging he was had a $50,000 a week drug habit, that is when we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. With our lived experience, eh, I don't know. I mean, uh, we've done a lot of drugs in our day and like, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you got to say, Donna? Well, I mean, just to put that a little bit into perspective. Um, so this man claims that he was spending $50,000 a week on opioids and we were spending roughly a thousand dollars a week or sorry a day so that was seven thousand dollars a week on opioids and we were completely non-functional mm -hmm. like just not productive members of society at mm -hmm. all and so this gentleman claims that this addiction had been a 20-year problem and you know, he was a successful partner of a law firm. Um, he seemed to be quite active in the social realm. Uh, we have some images online of, of him and his family attending various, uh, like, you know, black tux, tux affairs, as well as like there's pictures of him in leisure, uh, boats and different things like he had. I mean, this gentleman had everything. And he seemed to be living that kind of life, you know. So comparatively, I, I struggle to believe that using $50,000 a week of opioids that he could actually function. It's just, <laughs> I'm sorry. Or or perhaps he had a terrible drug dealer that was charging him way too much for his drugs. Well, there is that possibility. There certainly. But even at that, I mean, I did some Googling because that's what I do. Mm. And evidently, currently, the approximate street value of oxycodone, which is the particular substance of choice that he mentions, uh, roughly ranges from $12 to $40 per pill. Mm. So. Um, on that note, I'm going to get into some numbers that I crunched. Shall we, shall we share the screen? Which screen would you like to share? I don't know. <laughs> How about this one? So this is a mugshot of him after, so two and a half months after his wife and son were found tragically shot on his property. Um, he then had not yet been indicted so he was at large and he hired a former client of his to to assassinate him basically now his excuse or reasoning for this is that he was concerned that his current insurance policy 
wouldn't pay out the, I think it was like $10 million benefit <laughs> to his surviving son, Buster, mm -hmm. if it was determined that he had committed suicide. Mm -hmm. So he hired this former client to, to do the deed. And now this is not speculation. This is, this is fact. Okay. So, uh, apparently he somehow only suffered a superficial wound. Uh, and then it came about that he had hired this man to do this. So he said that he, because of his opioid problem, he misunderstood the insurance policy. He So hang on, are you suggesting that he tried to screw the insurance agency, but now his part of his case is that he was too high to understand how to properly screw the insurance agency? I guess in essence, that's a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, without going into the nuts and bolts of this, this case, because it is a doozy, Mm -hmm. uh, I really feel bad for members of the jury and the trial judge mm -hmm. trying uh, trying to make sense of half of the shit that's going on with this case. And I only became aware of it yesterday and uh, delved into it as much as I could. And there's mountains of evidence. And this, this man is facing some 99 uh, very serious charges, including the insurance fraud, attempted homicide of himself or something i don't i don't know american law works differently than canadian law attempted homicide on myself <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny really but it's kind of like it's not it's really it's, not it, it's know. a very very sad situation yeah. on so many levels and there's times where i felt like bad for this man you know because mm -hmm. like clearly he has gotten himself into something way beyond his capacity to control mm-hmm and having had the experience that I have with narcotics and, and knowing, you know, that shit can get fucking real really fast and way out of control before you even know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I have some empathy and sympathy for him there. Um, but at the end of the day, we are talking about the homicide of his son and, and wife, which is the, the primary focus of, of this trial that we're talking about mm -hmm. and where this claim of a $50,000 a week opioid addiction has surfaced. So let's have a look at some uh, glamour shots of Donna and I. <laughs> <laughs> so here's me at the height of, uh, uh, of my addiction. Mm. And here's Donna <laughs> at, at the height of hers. Yes. Now let's have a look, Donna, if you want to pull some pictures up. Certainly. Of. Okay. So this is the Murdoch family. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when these images were taken, but I but mean, at the height of his addiction, well, we're led to believe, or according to him, mm -hmm. um, and some other uh, people have kind of supported this. Yeah, uh, he had a 20-year-long problematic relationship with opioids. Okay, so we don't know for sure if these pictures were taken when he was allegedly using fifty thousand dollars a week. Well, we don't know if that is the exact amount that he would have been using. At that time. At this time. Hmm. It, it's been sort of proposed that because of that long-term relationship, would have had a very high tolerance. Now, we can speak to that because, <laughs> I, I mean, mean, we started off with, you know, very low dose. We did. Pills. And by the end of it, 
we were doing 80 milligram Oxycontin, well, well fentanyl. We learned they looked like 80 milligram Oxycontins. Right. <laughs> and of course, because they ended up to be counterfeit fentanyl pills, we have no idea what milligrams were in those pills. Like it could have been one little grain. Yeah. I mean, well, and that's really all it, it certainly takes. could not have been 80 milligrams worth of fentanyl because it, we would not be saying it likely wasn't. <laughs> um, odds are, you know, the, the, the pills that he was using, they may have been more potent than what we were using. But I'll tell you this. We were using a thousand dollars a day now. And, and this is a man uh, who's alleging fifty thousand dollars now. Wait, wait, wait. So oh. we were doing so of that thousand dollars a day, yes. we were obtaining 30 pills. Right. So we were doing 15 each. Right. And I'm sure you're not going to disagree with me on this fact that we basically spent all of our time doing those pills and or being them. unconscious and finding them. That's it. Yes. You know. So anyways, here's to reflect one more time uh, with that amount of drugs. This is where it took us. Here. And here. And here is. Uh, yeah. mm. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And there are also other images online of him drinking. Uh-huh. And, I mean, anybody who knows anything about opiates, when you're using that large volume of opiates and factoring alcohol in, I'm just having a really hard time believing this story. Yeah. Like, I really am. Well, and let's talk about a little bit about what he was doing while allegedly on this copious amount. I mean, copious doesn't even really <laughs> encapsulate it, no. in my opinion. No. But like he was like doing all kinds of things like he had his own law practice. Like you, you, you did the research. You, mm -hmm. you tell us like mm -hmm. all of the things that he was allegedly maintaining while also using this amount of substances. Well, that's the interesting part. Um, and particularly why I really, really struggle with this story because he was a senior partner of a firm that apparently had been started uh, in 1910 by his great grandfather. He was a successful litigation lawyer in personal injury suits in particular was one of his primary focuses. He also evidently did some part-time prosecutions for the 14th district which includes Colton County, which I believe is where he's being tried. And as some of the images reflect, you know, he was part of that high class society where there would be parties and functions and different things that you would assume somebody would need to be relatively present for. <laughs> and on top of that... Like, and not in the bathroom the entire time shoveling drugs into his nose. <laughs> well, we don't know his method of intake. Fair enough. He very well could have just been popping those pills. But given the social nature of, of his private life, uh, as well as his professional life, certainly somebody would be like, hey, what you doing there? <laughs> <laughs> Why you you're not so eating much? any actual food? So there's that element of things. And apparently he was an avid hunter. I mean, they had like the, where, where the, the, his wife and son were, were found. Uh, you know, it was a hunting lodge or something that they owned. They had dog kennels, which is right where the, the bodies were found. Um, so he had this very active lifestyle, which just does not support that level of opioids in your system. Like, 
It just doesn't. I'm sorry. Did, did, <laughs> did they give us an amount, like an actual, like how much per day in, in substances amount or just no, the dollar amount? Just the dollar amount. But here's the thing. <laughs> oh, there's a thing. There's a thing. <laughs> I am no mathematician. Right. Gonna, I was thankful gonna... that I graduated. Well, I left school <laughs> <laughs> before there was the whole amalgamation of algebra, geotrig, and basic mathematics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyways. Thank God. Yes. So let's just do some basic math here. Let's... And if I was the prosecution, this is the first thing that I would be doing. Mm -hmm. Aside from like listening to people like us with lived experience who are like, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. The end. Based on our Gavel personal falls. experience. Donna has spoken. Lock him up. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know about that part. But anyway, <laughs> so basic math. Okay. So oxycodone comes in immediate release capsules, oral solution, and oral concentrate. The immediate release pills are in 5, 10, 20, and 30 milligram concentrations. Capsules, which would be slow release, are five milligrams. Let's just focus, for argument's sake, on the immediate release. Um, and given the length of, of this man's addiction, he's going to have a higher tolerance. And based on our own experience, he's going to be looking for the higher doses. Mm -hmm. So we're going to focus on the 30 milligram pills. Approximate street value is $12 to $40 per pill. I'm going to assume that the $40 is in relation to the 30 milligram pills, because generally speaking, the higher the dose, the more you pay. So with his claim of $50,000 per week at $40 per pill, that is 1,250 pills per week. Just think about that for a second. Now let's break how that did down. He have time to ha how did he have time to strike this pose with his family? <laughs> <laughs> so let's break that down further. 1,250 pills per week divided by seven days in a week. That is 179 pills per day. That's a lot. That's a lot. We barely managed 15 each. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And, uh, so, I mean, like, granted, we don't we know. Were... We don't know. The strength of the pills. We can only assume. We can only assume. Right. But still. But that, that's, you know, and, that's and, and all of the other things that he has allegedly done. You were talking about embezzlement. You were talking about. Right. So uh, that was the other part of that, that, that sort of segue into the, the legal practice. Like he, he was high, he was handling high profile, uh, personal injury and other litigation type files where he was getting million dollar settlements. And like multi-million dollar settlements. Uh, there is even a case that is ongoing where his uh, housekeeper mysteriously fell down the stairs at, at his one of his properties, died due to her injuries. Um, and the family sued and got a $4 million settlement, none of which they saw. He stole it. And he had been stealing from the firm to the tune of roughly $10 million. So, And this is all proven things or this is alleged at this point? This is proven. Hmm. That's part of the 99 charges that he's facing. Jeez. So, yeah. Um, 
so let's getting back to the math here. Okay, so 179 pills per day. And again, we're assuming the 30 milligram pills. That is 5,370 milligrams of opiate a day. I have a real problem with those numbers on many levels because like, you know, we, we have some friends who recently did a podcast and they were, we, they were talking about, uh, JP, Captain Hooked, yes. check them out. Yeah. YouTube. And, and they were talking about tolerance and brain chemicals and, and dopamine release and all these sorts of, of things. And granted, you know, that's why you need to keep increasing your doses because of these receptors, because you're, you're seeking that, that feel good feeling. Mm -hmm. And, and the more you do, the harder it is to attain that. The problem here for me is the respiratory depressant aspect of it. <laughs> like, we as a human cannot tolerate that level of opioids in our system. And like, seriously, I challenge any medical doctor, particularly one who specializes in either addictions medicine or palliative care, to argue that a human can handle 5,370 milligrams. No matter the tolerance, no matter the, the amount of time that you've used. And we're not doctors. This is not medical advice. No. We are not experts in this field outside of our own lived experience. So mm -hmm. there's a disclaimer for you. If we're wrong, then holy shit, come and show us the Please. proof. And, and we'll be like, wow, I can't believe this guy. This guy's a, a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, I, bet you, I, bet you, I bet you uh, all of the members of the Rolling Stones are sitting there like, holy fuck. <laughs> 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 this guy can party. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I know in the one time I went into severe withdrawal, uh, was hospitalized, uh, the doctor had asked, you know, what I was taking and, and, you know, I told him and he did not, he was like, no, <laughs> it's just, no, that is not possible. But then when they ran the blood work, uh, they discovered that I was not full of shit. I was actually taking that amount. I wasn't full of shit. I was full of opiates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But opioids, sorry. opioids, right. Mm. But the thing of it is, even with our, like on the math that I did with, unfortunately, because of the, the nature of, of drugs that we were taking, we didn't know the exact dose, but even still, we were not taking this amount of, mm -hmm. of opioid in a day and we were not functional. There's mm. certainly no way. So, like, in order to siphon off this money from the firm, you have to be cognizant. You have to be <laughs> highly because they, ha they they have a CFO. I'm sure, right? Uh, and so, apparently, so in Canada, when you get a settlement, the money goes into the, the firm's trust account, mm -hmm. and and then gets dispersed accordingly. Apparently, in the states, it works a little bit different. There, there is a holding company that's basically contracted by the by multiple different firms and gets held in this account and then the money gets transferred. So he set up another company with that exact name and opened a bank account as that company's bank account. And that's how he was able to channel the money out. How that escaped the CFO's scrutiny for 20 years. So this goes even, even further. The person he was getting his narcotics from 
was a family member. Apparently a distant cousin. Um, I don't know that there's been any validation uh, to that. Mm -hmm. And judging by names that I've seen come up, this is apparently also the former client that he hired to assassinate him. Hmm. Like, it's just, this case is so incredibly complex, hmm. you know? And, and on top of that, like, his son, the surviving son, has said that he was aware that his dad did struggle with opioids. Mm-hmm. Um, and leading up to the homicides, like, just days before, the CFO had approached him about this missing money and and not in like a, you know, kind, well, she she wasn't, you know, rude about it, but she was like, Hey, you know, (laughs) it's it's some stuff here. I'd like to talk to you about, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, his, uh, the conversation had evidently been cut short because he received a call about his ailing father, I think it is. And his mother is also was in, is in early stages of Alzheimer's. So this guy had so much going on, you know, mm-hmm. and so extreme duress, many different things to juggle. It's just, I just can't buy this whole $50,000 a week mm-hmm. on, on, on opioids. Hmm. Final thoughts? Final thoughts is if I was the prosecution, I'd be wondering what exactly was this $50,000 a week being spent on? Mm. Um, And, you know, again, leading up to this homicide, his wife and, and son, the, the two deceased, had Maggie and, and Paul, had found, according to text, bags and bags of pills. They wanted to have a conversation with him about this. Um, obviously concerned. <laughs> um, now, I know from personal experience, having used opioids, you are not what am i trying to say here you're bit you you you're easily agitated um tempers are quick to flare i mean it's different for everyone i don't know man i've like people that i encountered out on the street too so like that mm-hmm. you know could it and be like, maybe that they're struggling in life and they're agitated and well, absolutely, but I mean, it, it's a. I think it's it's kind of a known thing that with with opioids, people are irritable. Like mm. there's something about it that makes you irritable. Um. So I don't know. You know, like maybe he went home to t- to talk to the wife and and son about it, and things got, and with all this other stuff going on around him. Uh, if I was the prosecution, I'd be looking at a different thing thing than than what they're currently looking at. Mm. But I'm not a lawyer, mm. <laughs> so I can't say for sure. Uh, but I think uh, it would. I think it would be worthwhile to to question 
what exactly was he doing with his money? Because mm. it's just not possible to do that amount of drugs. Okay, well, that's it. That's our opinions for this week. We're going to try to do this every week. So hopefully we'll see you next week with something else. <laughs> Take care for now. Say, this is Hard Knocks Talks. <laughs>